Hello and welcome to The Wild Folk, a conscious business podcast for those seeking a slower, simpler and more aligned way of living and working. The Wild Folk is a podcast for those who create a fairer and greener world through their work. I'm Amy Coates, a freelance copywriter and brand storyteller living by the sea here in Ireland. So welcome. I'm so glad you found us. Hello and welcome to episode number six. I can't believe I've been doing this for six weeks now. And thank you to everyone who has rated and reviewed the show or sent me a lovely message. Um, That means a lot. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your kind words. So today I'm going to be talking to Katie Skelton all about community. There's a saying that it takes a village to raise a child, but it also takes a village to run a business. Katie is the founder of The Little Green Duck, and she also runs The Duck Pond, a community and membership for purpose-led entrepreneurs that will help them feel connected in their business. We talk all about community building, ethical marketing, and everything in between, so I'm super excited about today's episode with Katie, so let's dive straight into it. By... um in the kind of in the grand scheme of things I started off as a copy and content writer um, but in the last six to 12 months it's slowly um, changed from being a copy and content writer to actually realizing that um, community is just what I'm really passionate about so at the moment I'm kind of you're catching me mid pivot (laughs) <laughs> oh, exciting yes so I'm not giving up on writing altogether because I love it so much and um, I'm particularly um, enthusiastic about blogging um, but my main thing at the moment is just trying to help business owners to build a community around their business um, I've got a community of my own called the duck pond um, and my business itself is called little green duck hence the duck pond um, so yeah that's me in a, a small nutshell Ah, and did you find like were you quite because writing is a solitary game were you feeling like quite um like you needed community a lot while you were copywriting and did it come from there or can you kind of talk us through the the journey of how you did yeah sure it kind of came from it was a mixture of yes copywriting is quite a, a solitary game and we were in the middle of lockdown as well which means I had no social contact so I was I felt completely cut off from the world apart from my little family which is lovely but when you spend the whole time with the same people it gets a bit much especially when two of them are very small Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah it came it came partly from my own need to build community around myself but also the fact that the copywriting clients that I I was working with were bigger clients who were perhaps like funded startups or bigger businesses that already had teams um, and had a bigger budget to pay me for copywriting but actually um, through social media and mainly through Instagram I got chatting with loads of small business owners like me people just working on their own like selling stuff out of their garage or working from their bedroom Um, and they were all saying to me look I can't afford I really need support I really need help but I can't afford I don't have the budget to pay all these experts to work with me one-to-one um and also I'm lonely like you're lonely so I started thinking about how I could make that into something that would help people access help and resources that they need but also have that sense of community as well and that's how the duck pond came about um so at the end of December or the beginning of December last year 2020 I launched the duck pond which is a combination of community for purpose-led and sustainable business owners Um, but we also have guest experts and downloads and resources um, anything to help you run your business from on a day-to-day basis when you're doing it on your own and you can't pay for someone to do it for you yeah oh well I was listening to um, a podcast by Josephine Brooks and side hustle the full time don't know if you've come across it but she was um, having a chat with um, Joe at Farin um who is like a kind of creative creative business mentor and they did polls on their Instagram stories asking people if they got help during the early stages of business and uh, most people said no they didn't and the cost was like a big thing that put them off and I think I think coaching has really really taken off especially creative business coaching um but it's just inaccessible for quite a lot of people 
So I guess that's what you're doing. You're kind of taking that kind of those big pricey kind of coaches and breaking it down in the duck pond. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. And it's also, it, I kind of like to feel, um, someone someone put it really nicely, actually, when I first described the duck pond to them before I launched it, they said it's like applying socialist principles to <laughs> business. So we've got a group of people and we're essentially crowdsourcing the information that we need. So we can't pay for it on our own. But if all of us kind of come in together, then we can get this advice and these um, and these people to come and talk to us and help us with. Often it's only kind of the it's scratching the surface of what we need. Um, but then when these sessions are really popular, my plan for next year is to rebook people for follow up sessions. So people who've been in the duck pond since the beginning will get access to the beginning, the first session um, and then a follow up session. And gradually we can build those blocks up. Um, and yeah, so that's that's kind of how I like to think about it. It's um, it's quite a nice way of coming together and getting what we need. Socialism for business. That should be like your your slogan. It's I know. Great. I'm thinking about sticking it on my Instagram. <laughs> so Katie, what do you mean exactly when you talk about building community around your business? Is it just kind of you know you send some Instagram messages here and there, and you kind of have um, you know you follow each other and like each other's stuff what does it actually mean on the kind of on a granular level I think it can be that if that's what you need from community I think um I think building a community around your business is very much trying to work out what you need um, and potentially what your clients need or your customers need if um if that's something you're doing as a service for someone else um so it could be anything from just being in a free Facebook group with people who think like you and um, you can ask them questions when you get stuck you can say look has anyone had this experience before I'm stuck can you help me and people um, I found that people in even in free Facebook groups are so generous with their time and their knowledge and their experience Um, but it could mean um, all following each other on Instagram and sharing each other's posts and not in a kind of um, a pod sense of things where you're doing it in a really contrived way I think when when you found the people who think like you particularly on social media you naturally want to share their stuff because they're thinking like you Um, but it's also an opportunity to connect with communities outside of what you would usually connect with you I think it's sometimes I'm I'm specifically talking about social media here um, but sometimes I think that you can get in a comfort zone where you've created a bit of an echo chamber so everybody agrees with you and everybody speaks like you and everybody looks like you and I think that can be a bit dangerous so also building communities that um, or connecting with other communities that you would like to connect with and go it may be going a bit out of your comfort zone and it not just being a load of people who talk like you and are exactly the same as you because that's that's not very I was, I was going to use the, the word nourishing but um just it's it's you can grow a lot more by connecting with other communities but outside of some social media you can also build a local community around your business so if you provide services to people or products to people who are in your local area then why not create something that's like even something as simple as a monthly coffee and catch-up anything that just helps you connect on a deeper level than just hitting that heart button on Instagram I think is is great and it's so good you're having these conversations because I think um around building community because I think a lot of us have forgotten actually how to connect in a meaningful way or the simple little things you know that we can do I think it's just gone off the radar almost so yeah I love that idea of you know rallying around your community and saying oh let's have a like an open studio one day like a month and get people involved and do you think to run a really thriving successful business you need community like why do you think it's it's so important for your business what yeah what the benefits of it I think again it depends on who you are as a person if you really if you work in a solitary way and you enjoy working in a solitary way I don't think I don't think there's any shoulds about it I don't think you have to have a group of people around you who are supporting you and lifting you up um but if you feel like that's something you need, then I think it's really important. And I, I consider myself to be an introverted person. I, I 
recharge on my own but I also know that I need other people to bounce ideas off it's almost like the equivalent of having a team around you when you work in uh, work for a company with a bigger team having those people around you to just say well even if it's just a conversation about what did you watch last night the, the kind of things you would do if you were employed by someone I personally really thrive on that and I really thrive by having those conversations with people but I don't think that it that it's a must have if you don't need it then that's fine too mm. and I think I think I know that I come away at the end of the day sometimes feeling like I've had all these great conversations in DMs or over email or whatever but sometimes I come away like my eyes burning at the end of the day from being on my screen all the time and even having these lovely conversations and I just kind of think oh I actually maybe need this creative community in real life this kind of creative business community um but then I don't know any business owners in real life so it's kind of like a catch-22 so I think yeah you've given me some ideas to go away and kind of maybe set something up and not wait for everyone else to kind of yes yeah exactly and I think you you don't even necessarily have to be building it specifically with growing your business in mind I think if you've just even if you're just connecting with other people that do the same thing as you there might be referral opportunities or just people who if you for instance like going for a walk in the forest and you find someone else who likes going for a walk in the forest do that once a month that counts as community and it might help you with the eye burning as well <laughs> yeah fresh air and actual actual face-to-face conversation so you said I like what you said about how you know community is not just clicking the heart button on Instagram um so how do how would you go about building meaningful authentic community any tips on that um I think finding the place where places where you feel most comfortable comfortable hanging out whether that's in real life or online um so if you if you find that most of the conversations that resonate with you happen on LinkedIn, then that's probably where your people are and probably where you um, could centre the community building that you're doing. Um, and that doesn't necessarily have to be a group of people. It can just be individual conversations with people that you like speaking to and people who just become your kind of online friends. Um so, yeah, I think definitely focusing on what feels right, where the places are that feel right for you. So if you if you have a local co-working space and you find that there's actually loads of um, like minded people there that you like working with, maybe coordinate with them. So you're working there on the same day every week or um, just so. Yeah, definitely. I think tuning into what feels right for you and where feels right for you and the kind of activities or conversations that you like having rather than forcing it. Um, I think that's the way those natural things um, build up. And also, I think when you find one or two people you really connect with, then they will also be connected with people that you will find that they they get on with you or you get on with them just as well, because um, a lot of like minded people tend to say, oh, you should really talk to this person because I, I really like them. So I think you'll really like them. Um, so I think letting it happen fairly naturally and not forcing it is probably my number one tip. Mm, yeah I think uh, people who just coming to I'm, I'm aware that I'm talking a lot about social media uh, you know kind of building community I think it's it's easy for me because I kind of knew Instagram and I had a little bit of a following with my own private account I mean not that many not like a thousand followers not not reams and reams but like I kind of you know was able to then say oh look on my personal account I've set up this business page can you go like it and follow it and I got you know a fair few kind of follows and comments pretty quickly but I think it's quite I, I can't imagine coming in like completely fresh to platforms um and trying to kind of like carve out your own little space I know for me I've got so stuck on Instagram um chatting to people on Instagram that the idea of like going on LinkedIn like we talked about or um, maybe setting up Pinterest or joining the Facebook group seems like scary because I'm like a complete stranger and a complete novice and I don't know if yeah I just wouldn't know how to go about doing that or I mean it sounds so simple because it's just a, you know you just leave a comment but I think you just get on your comfort zone with one platform and one community yeah, 100 percent. And I mean, there's there's plenty of people out there who are running businesses without. I mean, most people are online these days. The majority of business owners have got a website or a Facebook page or something that 
that gives them an online presence. But there's still a lot of business owners that do business face to face. And I think there's definitely ways of if social media isn't your thing or a particular platform isn't your thing, there's, there are definitely ways like email or um, just wandering around your local high street and saying, look, I'm a business owner, you're a small business owner, do you fancy putting something together? And then just gradually saying, well, who do you know in the local area who might be interested? I think it doesn't always have to have an online or social media focus. It's not something I've done yet, but I'm quite new to the area I live in. And um, because we, we were locked down for so long, I definitely found that I gravitated towards online but connecting with people locally is something I really want to do yeah yeah and there's so much safety in online you can you know be like a keyboard warrior I had a um incident a few weeks ago in a coffee shop uh I was just chatting it was just me the owner and this other man in there and we were just chatting and he was saying that he needed a copywriter. <laughs> but instead of me being like, because I'm quite new to my area as well, but instead of me being like, I'm a copywriter, I was like, oh, really? All right, well, okay, that's interesting. Keep an eye out. <laughs> and then oh, I, was, I, I kicked myself. I thought, oh, damn. I like, yeah, but it just, yeah, just putting myself out there, you know, because he, he owns another kind of cafe in town, but just putting myself out there. Um, in the community I like I was quite yeah it, I just got like imposter syndrome and I like choked up a bit so I definitely think it takes a bit of bravery to kind of put yourself out there and um, yeah create a community and say this is who I am this is what I do this is the space that I take up um, yeah for me anyway no definitely I think face-to-face -face, um, I mean that's that sales isn't it face-to-face -face sales is so much harder than like just dropping someone a message on the social media platform or sending an email saying here's my quote let me know what you think because then at least if you get rejected it's in your own space and on your own time and you can you can cry into your own pillow <laughs> rather than someone saying I'm looking for a copywriter but I'm not looking for you, you ridiculous. <laughs> yeah I know you know, I wonder if it's something men are better at, generally. Mm, maybe. My husband definitely is, but he's worked in sales for years. So he will quite happily sell anything to anyone at any given opportunity. Um, but, yeah, it's it's strange, isn't it? But it's probably something to do with social conditioning between men and women, which is a long conversation for another time, I would imagine. Yeah, completely. I, I heard a statistic somewhere. You've probably heard it too, but there's a job role and um, they, a man has only like 60% he'll be like well I've got 60% that's loads I'm gonna apply for that job but that woman would be like a woman would be like oh no I've only got 40% so I can't apply for that job and it's kind of very like you I don't I think as women we just kind of second guess ourselves um as soon as we open our mouths like who am I to be kind of putting myself out there or um, am I qualified to do this and I think yeah I think you continually have to do a lot of mindset work and self-development especially yeah running a business definitely classic imposter syndrome isn't it oh so kind of following on from that then um this idea of kind of collab this idea of community is there no room for competition within communities is it just coll collaboration even you know when you're perhaps in the same niche or industry and you're kind of serving the same clients what are your thoughts on that it's a funny one, isn't it? Because that is the message that I preach constantly. But I find it very, very difficult to take my own advice because you see someone who's doing something really, really similar to you and you think, well, they're just going for the same clients as me or they they are um, targeting the same people as me. How is there room for both of us? If, like, if the power of the flock thing that I did um, which is a community and collaboration based free event that I run every few months. Um, there were so many copywriters in that group. And I can see how you would sit there and think, well, there's what's the point in me saying I'm a copywriter too? There's so many people here. But as a business owner, there is one thing that only you can bring to the table, and that is you. And there are going to be clients that only connect with you above all of those other people, even if they came across those other people, which isn't necessarily the case, because even though we're operating in similar spaces, you still have nobody has the same group of Instagram followers. Nobody ha is connected with exactly the same people on Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever. 
you everybody's got a slightly different network and will be shared by slightly different people and will connect with different people so but my point is even if a prospective client interviewed 20 people you will connect better with some of those than anyone else so yes in a sense there is there's still going to be competition but i i see it differently to say if you were selling a software product that does a, a very specific job and someone else sells that same product then i see that as true competition because you have to choose between one and the other um but i think as creatives in particular there's there's things that will be your strength that isn't someone else's strength there's um and there's things about your personality and your ethos and your values that will connect with people that other people won't connect with and vice versa so I think when when I say there's room for everyone there really is there's there's so many clients out there there's so many potential customers out there you've just got to find the ones that really connect with you Um, and if they don't they're not your people yeah and I think that's so easy to forget actually the kind of personal personal connection because you're so like this is my portfolio this is my experience this is my CV that you almost detach your own personality away from like work and I think that's a really interesting point to make that actually it's all about personal connection beyond professional connection yeah I love that but again like what you said sometimes you end up in an echo chamber that's probably why it's good to not just build community within your niche that you're all targeting the same clients and going after the same um, going after the same people you kind of have a broader spectrum of perhaps you know you're a sustainable well you were the kind of sustainability copywriter good to work with the you know finance copywriter so you get that broad broad spectrum yeah exactly and I think also um there's quite as businesses or creatives who concentrate on working with sustainable ethical purpose-led businesses I think there's actually really some value to reaching out to people who don't market themselves in that way. So you might find that, say, your coffee shop owner um, that you didn't market yourself to, um, you might find that actually if you have a conversation about what you do and who you work with, they might say, well, actually, that's not really me. I don't I'm not putting myself out there as a sustainable business. I don't have driftwood coffee tables in my in my cafe. But. I think working with people who are on a slightly different journey or a slightly different level from you um, is really valuable because I've I've started connecting with much more people who don't embed purpose and sustainability in their business, but they're really interested in learning about it. And that's I think is a lot more valuable than connecting with people who are just already doing it and are already doing yes. it really well because if you can inspire other people to make changes and to think differently then you're doing even more good in the world yes oh yeah completely and I think sometimes whenever you say oh I'm you know I only I only work with ethical brands you become almost a little bit you know self-righteous in your in your niche and actually your purpose in the world if you really want to make it a better place you know you're you're probably better going out preaching and you know showing companies how they can be a little bit um sustainable with their marketing or their copy or the images that they use on their website yeah completely definitely and so uh, i don't i have never heard of membership sites really since the, you know this pandemic um and now they seem to be everywhere they've really really taken off um but are there a Beyond the membership, we've already touched on this slightly, but beyond the membership, are there other ways to offer sort of real human experience in your business? I think so. Yeah, I think there's plenty of ways. Um, you're right. The membership, even in the last year since I launched my membership site, um, there's been a huge explosion um, to the point where the imposter syndrome has crept in. I think, oh, no, is there, is there actually room for me here? Um, but there's, there are definitely ways. I mean, creating a real human experience. Um, I'll give you an example. Actually, I had my branding redone um, a couple of years ago. And the experience I had with the brand designer I worked with was absolutely incredible and human and didn't involve a course or a membership site or anything. It was just the process and the the journey that she had set out for me was perfect like the onboarding was amazing the research she did was amazing the follow-up messages and the like checking through concepts together and everything every step of the way was 
amazing and I would work with her if I if I could and if I needed my branding done again which I don't because I love it um I would 100% go through that process with her again because she was incredible and I think just creating an amazing customer journey for want of a less cliched expression but just get take bringing somebody into your business and showing them how you do things and taking them along this path that then gives them what they're looking for at the end and whether that's a product or a service um, is the best way to create a, a human experience for people and human connection because uh, I'd just carry on raving about this person forevermore mm-hmm. now because uh, it was brilliant and yeah so I think definitely there's even it's it's a bit of a juxtaposition actually because I feel like the reason I had such a great human experience with her is because she had a lot of systems and automations and technical stuff set up that meant that the the paperwork and the the boring stuff was all taken care of by her systems so she had time and space to actually connect with me and what I needed um so I think that there's a lot to be said for building really good systems into your business as well yeah gosh I never would have thought organization could have uh, had such a big impact actually on the customer you know customer experience and you know it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be hard to add these little human touches you know it can be a nice handwritten letter with when you're packing orders like a little note or it can be like a welcome video in an like an email sequence um so I just think yeah we need to like just dig a little bit deeper and think okay how can I sort of make this a bit more personal rather than just you know getting subscribers and yeah I've written down here as you've spoken make my system smoother and more friendly (laughs) it's hard though when you're busy and when you've got lots going on it's hard to it's hard to think about those things that just when you when you set them up they just run in the background because that it's it's not the it's not the stuff you signed up for you want to be doing the work for the people rather than setting up a load of systems but it does work from from a customer point of view it works so well and have you found your pivot? I know you're mid pivot right now, but have you found it hard kind of going from a done for you service, you know, to a brief with clients to now running very much your own business, you know, where you're running your membership site and it's, you know, the buck stops with you in a way because you're organizing. Oh, has it been a big mental shift for you? Um, I'm finding it the the biggest mental shift is the fact that I feel I feel good in the fact that I've walked away from or taken a step back at least from the done for you services but I still know that there's I've got a lot to give especially when it comes to blogging and helping people like my my passion when it comes to writing is helping people be visible via their blogs and that is my that is my thing that I can't step back from I've got an Instagram post going out out later this week about it actually Um, I can't step back from that because I know that I can help people with it so that's my struggle at the moment the fact that I don't I don't want to be spending all of my time um, writing for other people because it takes up all my time and therefore I can't help as many people as I want to but I want to find a way to incorporate that passion for writing into what I'm doing on the community side as well um so at the moment I'm slightly stuck and so I I don't know how hard or easy it's going to be going forward um but yeah it's um it's an interesting one and have you you've launched your membership site already just uh no last December so we're coming up yeah coming up to a year in in December so that's that's established and that's um that's going fine uh it's just the I was running that alongside the one-to-one writing um which I'm no I've I've got clients that I work for long term and I'm staying with them because I love working for them I love writing for them and that's why I work for them long term but um yeah I'm just trying to work out a way to help people with their blogging without actually writing their blogs for them Mm, gosh another little another project up the sleeve perhaps Yes. Yeah, I think so. There's a lot of thinking to be done. I think maybe I need a coach. So if there's anyone out there who wants to coach me. Listening. <laughs> Gosh, you could join your own membership site and get all the get all the uh, tips for free. So I want to kind of now move on from kind of talking about community to touch on ethical selling, because I feel like this word ethical marketing, kind marketing has sort of also appeared. But what does that what does that actually mean? Um. 
everything I say, I feel like is a bit of a cop out at the moment because I am going to say again, I think it's what it means to you and your values. And I think um, for me, it's checking everything that I'm putting out there against my own personal values is um, is the way I'm operating the way I'd like to be approached, um, the way I'd like to be marketed to, the way I'd like to be sold to. And if that's not the case, then I need to make a change. For example, when I first launched, launched my men, membership site, um, I opened the doors for a week to allow people to sign up and then close the doors. And then after a while, I thought, this makes me feel a bit uneasy. I don't like the fact that people are asking me to join my membership and I'm saying, no, the doors are closed until March. So then when I ran my first Power of the Flock community challenge, I opened the doors and they've been open permanently since. I, I say open the doors. I mean, they're virtual doors. They can't be open or closed. But um, And I found that in terms of how that makes me feel when I'm offering it to somebody, it feels much more me. It feels much more aligned to my values. I don't like when people make me feel like I'm going to miss out if I don't sign up right now. Even if, even if I'm not quite ready, I must sign up now, otherwise I'm going to miss out for the next six months. And I don't want that for my business. Um, and that probably means that I'm growing slightly slower than I would have done because a lot of these age-old marketing tactics are age-old because they're really effective, but I can't help that they don't make me feel very comfortable. So um, yeah, that's that's one example. But I think just working out what your personal values are and how the the tactics or the the approaches you're using that would make you feel as an individual is quite a good test of whether it feels ethical to you on your ethical scale. Yeah, because one thing that I've been sort of turning over in my mind and I've seen a lot against it online is it's like charm pricing you know pricing things at 19 pounds instead of 20 or 27 pounds um instead of 30 because you know the, the 7 27 looks cheaper than, than 30 and our brains are kind of wired to think well that's a bargain um yeah and I've heard a lot of ethical business owners saying oh no you shouldn't do that but I don't know how I kind of sit on that one I mean I've bought courses at you know 19 pounds and 47 pounds and um, I was I thought that they were full of value that actually three pounds more would have hadn't made a difference you know so it wasn't as if I was being like ripped off by an unethical business owner who was tricking me into buy the the course I find the course really valuable and so I, yeah I guess I guess I don't know about how I feel about that one have you any thoughts on that? Um, that's again that's something I've stopped doing as well just because it was some, I, I kind of went quite blindly into all of these marketing tactics at the beginning. I was told by what seemed like the entire online marketing community that you had to price at £27 rather than 30 because otherwise no one's going to buy. Um, and so I did because I, told, I was told that was the thing to do. And I think that the main thing for me was not the fact that I did it. It was the fact that I did it so blindly and so trustingly and I didn't think okay what is the reason for me pricing this at 27 pounds does it really matter if it's 30 or 25 um so I think that for me in on the charm pricing front I think just being more mindful of what I'm doing and whose advice I'm taking and why I'm taking it was the main thing um I don't think it's the worst thing in the world if if that's the pricing you set and it works and um, and people are happy to pay it, then I, I don't think it's, from my point of view, the most unethical thing you can possibly do. There's far worse. Um, but yeah, I think it was just the lack of thought on my part and the, the lack of real in-depth consideration before I just went ahead and did it. So I'm trying to be a bit more considered. Yeah. And I think when you're starting a business um, and you're coming in brand new and you're just getting all the podcasts, all the ebooks, signing up to all the newsletters, um, you just want to soak it all up and learn as quickly as possible. And actually, in the summer, I kind of went through my list and my, my podcast library and thinking, who am I actually listening to? Who am I kind of taking advice from? Mm. And a lot of it was like these high powered businesswomen, you know, that had funnels and tips and tricks up their sleeves and you know they're quite corporate in a, mm. in a way and I so I kind of did a whole kind of clear out and I've been seeking out the kind of smaller business owners and um 
just this more human kind of way of, of marketing. But I think it is easy when you're brand new to it to just get to get caught up in, as you say, the age old tricks. So it's just a um, bit of a journey, isn't it? I hate that word journey, but it is. I, know, I use it so much as well. I, I did an interview for another podcast a while back and I must have used the word journey about 300 times. And I said, I really hope you can edit that word out a few times because I don't like using it, but it just comes out sometimes. Doesn't yeah, it? Journey, yeah, it's a bit woo, isn't it? <laughs> so do you think um, ethical selling, I mean, do you think it works? do you I mean were you kind of like you said that you were charm pricing before and now you've you know you're kind of using wrong numbers have you seen like a big drop or has it been kind of consistent it doesn't make any difference I don't think the pricing really makes any difference the difference between 27 pounds and 30 pounds is negligible and if people are interested in what you're selling they'll pay the higher price um, or, or you might have rounded down to 25 anyway. Um, so I've not seen any huge difference from that point of view. I think in terms of being more human and ethical with selling in general, I, I think it can be a bit harder um, just because a lot of marketing and selling is based around psychology and what triggers the human brain into buying something. And if you're not employing those tactics on a routine basis, um, then it's probably, I probably find it's a bit slower to get from new connection to sale. But I'd much rather that because by the time I make the sale or and or and sign someone up to whatever I'm selling, then I know they're really ready. And there's it's much better to have, if I'm talking about the membership, it's much better to have someone thinking about it for three months and then joining and staying mm -hmm. than not thinking about it, realising it's not them and leaving after a month. I'd much rather have people who are really invested and really on board with the way I speak and the way I operate. Um, so, yeah, it's probably a bit more of a a longer nurturing process I'd say I, I don't call it nurturing because I don't feel like I'm doing it on a day-to-day -day basis I just chat with people and um yeah. and hope that what I'm doing comes across strongly but um yeah but I think that in selling and marketing in the way that feels right for you you then connect with the people who are going to be with you long term rather than just kind of signing up for your mailing list to get your lead magnet and then unsubscribing the next time you send out a newsletter I'd much rather have those people in my on my team yeah yeah so it's definitely slow sustainable growth but that has roots deep mm. roots rather than yeah. just kind of hitting your hitting your income target for that month or something yes yeah, exactly definitely. the dreaded 5k month oh. <laughs> I know I took all you know I took all these courses I, I look back now and cringe but it's like how to hit 10k within the first three weeks I'm like yeah yeah it's totally easy and then actually when it comes to it and I you know I have such a problem now with because I've seen so many business owners kind of get really swept up in this kind of guru you know like this mm. is the blueprint this is what you must do this is how much money you have to pay to get onto this mastermind and you will be successful and I've just seen a few people I know getting a lot of debt over kind of believing these that that's what they need a course or a coach or and completely unethical because those sales figures are completely well unrealistic for you know a lot of people yeah well and I think I see a lot of the again it's probably a, a, a longer conversation for another time but a lot of these um high ticket for uh, don't like that term either these high ticket coaching programs you as a business owner might pay 15,000 for this coach to coach you in a, in a group program for six months and then they encourage you to raise your prices to the people who are then buying from you and then just it's it's almost like a pyramid scheme yeah. but then everybody has to keep raising their prices to keep in line with what the person at the top of the pyramid is doing because they're getting more and more and more high ticket but then encouraging the people underneath them to raise their prices and and charge their worth and all of the other things that are banded about so I think it's quite a dangerous thing to be doing with people as as you say people getting into debt but also just feeling like you you can't succeed unless you get onto this pyramid at some point and then at some point you've got the chance to rise up and and create more 
FOMO and more wanting to earn. Like a year ago, I'd see people saying, well, you can have a, a five figure month or you can have you can earn six figure, six figure businesses. And now people are talking about seven, eight, nine figure big businesses. And so that's because all the people at the top are raising their prices and raising the the FOMO level and um, everything is becoming completely unattainable for everyone else. Yeah, it's like Avon steroids. Definitely, it's like definitely like a multi-level marketing thing. You know that mm. um, you see people that join join my Facebook group. I sell perfume, uh, and it's just yes. exactly the same. But it's yeah. you know pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to do this. Yeah, completely. So, okay, a practical question now. Um, can you offer any sales tip to business owners so that they can sell without feeling you know manipulative or sleazy whether that's online or like you said in the coffee shop just some practical juicy tips um I think one of the things for me is getting really comfortable with talking to people about what I do so as you said your coffee shop owner because you may not have had your kind of this is what I do this is who I serve this is the kind of work that I do down without feeling like you're going to go oh I'm actually not quite sure if I'm for you um I think practicing even I find it with the school run it's quite interesting because I have other parents say well what do you do and I find it quite difficult to articulate what I do because it's quite strange if you're talking to people who work in the corporate world but that is exactly how you open doors because if you say this is what I do this is exactly how I do it and um, these are the people that I want to work with chances are someone will say to you I know someone who you might like to talk to um, and that's more I guess that's more networking than sales but I think getting comfortable with who you are and what you do and talking about it really naturally is great in terms of selling online um, I'd say just human human conversations with people that you know that you would like to work with at some point and also everybody knows that as business owners we're on social platforms to sell what we're doing like otherwise what's the point otherwise you're just putting out pretty pictures and advice free advice and having lovely flowery conversations in dms with people but actually at some point those conversations have to turn to oh you're struggling with this I can help with that or um or you're struggling with this I know someone who can help with that I think refer referrals are really strong as well so if you know someone who might be able to help someone in your network that helps them to sell and then that you might have find the favor is reciprocated at some point um but I think just keeping your conversations really authentic but also just don't be scared to say this is what I do this is what I'm offering I've been talking to you for quite a long time now I've created this course free download uh, Facebook group, membership, whatever, would you be interested in knowing more about it? Because the worst thing that can happen is they say, mm, it's not really for me at the moment, but thanks. And they're not going to stop talking to you just because you've said, I'm offering something because everybody's offering something as a business owner on particularly on social media. It's what we're there for. Mm. And so say you're having these great conversations, these flurry conversations on a Facebook group or on Instagram or wherever else, you wouldn't then follow would you email would you follow up by email and have those kind of sales conversations or would you try and keep them fairly natural no I think I keep them fairly natural and in the wherever you are so um I mean it, I think it's different if say you're in a Facebook group and someone was asking for something for copywriting services for instance you could say this is what I do this is my website um, if you're interested, this is my email address or would you be happy to share your email address and we'll carry on the conversation in emails? I think that's fine. But I think being very careful about who you're sending emails to, they, they, they need to be asking for you to send them an email before you send them an email, I think, um, unless they're on a mailing list and you're sending them a newsletter that happens to have one of your offers in it. I, that's fine. That's what people sign up for. Um, but the the unsolicited stuff I find quite it irks me quite a lot especially the unsolicited voice notes and someone comes <laughs> into my dms and says hello I'm selling something you've never heard of me before but 
Oh yeah, I know. I I had this. I've only had it happen to me once, and then this person's account disappeared pretty quick. But I thought, oh, she sounds so lovely. And then the second one, she was like, "Do you want to pay me seven hundred pounds for a?" I thought, no. <laughs> Leave me yeah. alone. I just want to scroll of my morning coffee. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess it is just, you're right, what works for you? I, I had one kind of mentoring in my in my corporate job. I had one kind of mentoring session with a business owner. And she was like, if they, you know, if they don't reply, you keep going, you keep going, you keep emailing until you get a no or until you get an answer. And if you get a no, keep going until you find out the reason why you get a no. And I find that very, very hard to implement because I, like, I don't want to email someone on behalf of my boss 10 times. Like it just, you know. <laughs> yeah just... and again that's another example of if something doesn't feel right then it's not for you and it's not for your business um I think there's probably certain industries that that does work in or if you're contacting people who are say you work in recruitment I mean recruiters have got a pretty bad name out there but if you work in recruitment I think you do have to be pretty persistent to get through to the people you're trying to contact because um they're busy and they might actually want what you're selling or they might want your help but they just see it as kind of an easy thing to ignore but but there are some industries that I just don't think it works with and I think creative industries and I think specifically when you're working with people who do operate in the sustainable space um it doesn't go down very well I think people just feel like you're bugging them and then they go off you because they that's not the kind of person they want to work with but then that's just me that's my that's that's how I respond to that kind of sales it doesn't mean that it's not right it just means it's not right for me yeah so I guess what the main kind of theme that I'm getting from this conversation is always be mindful and be careful about who you take your advice from <laughs> yeah yeah and do things like, your way line. yeah so um I want to ask you, what is, can you talk about a time in the last week or month that you've failed in your business? I think we talk about the joys so much and, oh yeah, this is great. I recruited all these members or I made this sale, but can you talk about maybe something that didn't go so well for you recently? Um, yeah, um, this, is, this is quite a difficult one actually. But so I've talked about my power of the flock challenge a few times and um, basically that's just a group of business owners coming together to connect, collaborate, um, share ideas and information. Um, and technically speaking, I guess that power of the flock is my lead magnet because at the end of it, I hope that people will sign up for my membership. But I'm so unpushy with my... Um, with my recruitment or if for want of a better word at the end of it that nobody signed up and I don't necessarily see it's a failure because I I see that power of the flock in its own right is a really valuable thing for me and for other people um so I don't necessarily see it as a failure but it is a bit disappointing because the work that goes into it mm. is hard and um so no matter how much I enjoy it if if it's not resulting in some kind of long-term um gain if, if for the membership um then should I be doing it because I love doing it that's it's so it's more a struggle than a failure I think I think well should I be doing this thing that doesn't result in sales um even though I love doing the thing uh, but that's not to say that it's not going to result in members six months down the line because as I said earlier on connecting with people and then having a longer term relationship might just mean that at some point they go right now I'm ready I'm in um yeah. so and and it's because I've not done that FOMO I'm shutting the doors your your special offer is going to expire you must get the cheap price now before it doubles um that people feel like they have the space to think about it so it's yeah I mean it's difficult mentally for me but it still feels like the right thing to do so um yeah it doesn't it's it's not so much a failure but more a frustration and something that I'm working on personally and on the flip side of that what what has been like an achievement or a joy for you in your business recently um okay let's have a think about that that I mean the biggest general joy is the whole reason why I build or I want to build my business even more around community and connection it's the people I come into contact with like for years, I worked in corporate jobs that I loved at times, um, but it didn't feel like 
it was truly me and I feel like I'm truly me now and I'm really connecting with the people I want to be speaking with and I want to be in my circle like I just want to be friends with everyone like the amount of times I send people Instagram DMs going oh we I wish we lived closer together so we could go for coffee um because it's these are my people and that's that's the biggest joy about running my own business in general um so yeah that's the one Oh, I love it. And always asking people for book recommendations to add to my ever-growing list. Um, have you got any book re- recommendations that have sort of inspired your work or your approach to work? Um, I haven't got a book recommendation, but I do have a podcast recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a, a podcast called, it's called Duped. And it's by two women called um, Dr. Michelle Mazer and Maggie Patterson. They're both Canadian. And it's all about the kind of the shady world of online marketing and um, and celebrity entrepreneurs. And and all it is. I've learned a lot from them. I've at times I find them <laughs> quite angry. And it's, it's something that I have to kind of dip into and, and then come away from and process and go back to it's not a it's not a binge listen, but it's so interesting. And I just find myself thinking, oh, my goodness, I've been taken in by these people like this kind of person in the past. And I can identify it amongst coaches who've approached me or other people like friends who run businesses who are using these tactics and not really thinking about again mindfulness um but yeah duped is a really really good one I think they're just recording season two season one was last year so um yes it's very good I'll add that to the list. I thought you were going to say Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert because it's so much fun to me one more time. (laughs) I feel like I could write that book. Katie, thanks so much. Um, Where can people find you online? Okay, so the main place you can find me, it's surprise, surprise, I've talked about it quite a lot, is Instagram. um, And my handle is littlegreenduckpond. Or you can just check out my website, which is littlegreenduck.co.uk. And you can join your membership anytime. 100% yes anyone is welcome anytime and you are never not ethical or sustainable enough for my membership I cannot stress that enough if you feel like you're not a purpose-led business I say that I I want to work with purpose curious people as well so people who who want to embed some kind of purpose or their values or sustainability or whatever means something to them into their business, but aren't quite sure how to do it we've got loads of people in the membership who are already doing it but we're all on different paths I doesn't want to say journey but we're all at different stages of our businesses and how we operate and how much sustainability or purpose we have in our businesses so everyone is welcome as long as you're a good person oh I like that as long as you're kind you can join kind exactly. and mindful <laughs> Katie thank you so much for the conversation this morning I took loads from it thank you so much for having me it's been a pleasure I hope today's episode has inspired you to build a little bit of your own community, whether that's online or in real life. Links will be in the show notes. If you've enjoyed this episode, please send the link to a friend who might also benefit from it or rate and review on Apple Podcasts. I would really appreciate it. You can follow Katie on Instagram at littlegreenduckpond and me on Instagram at thewildfolk.studio. Until next time, stay wild.